0: All right. Welcome back, everybody. HSC podcast. Uh, we're still in the NFL playoffs, so we're going to recap the conference championships, uh, talk about some stuff happening around the NFL, talk a little about quarterbacks. Uh, Super Bowl doesn't go till next week, so we're going to pass over this week and talk about Super Bowl next week, um, although uh, what, what an exciting Super Bowl we're going to have, I think. Um, Just two teams that I don't think anybody expected to be in the Super Bowl. I think the Rams had an outside shot or, you know, there was a team that people thought could be there. Uh, Made some great moves late, you know, so going to be a great Super Bowl. We'll get into that next week. Uh, But first, you know, uh, we're going to get into talking about recap of the games. So welcome back. Uh, If you first time watching the channel or you've seen it before, but you're not subscribed, please subscribe, uh, hit the notification bell so you can see the next episodes come when they get, when they get released. I uh, got uh, big box, Steve got fresh Wes and, and Derek, no nickname Derek, because we're, we're going to, uh, get us some comments on what Derek's nickname should be. So if you're watching this in the comments, what, what should Derek's nickname be? Uh, so, uh, I really like the, the nature boy, you know, because I, I know you're a Ric Flair fan. But, uh, you know, let, let's see what other people say. We'll get Derek a, a good nickname here. So that'll be our, our next mission for, for next week. All right. So back to, to the conference championship game. So Derek takes the lead going 2-0 and in the conference championships. Uh, so, so Derek, you're now at 8-4. Uh, and four. And Wes, uh, you and I are at seven and five, uh, which isn't bad, right? So we're all above 500. So we got some pretty good, uh, I think that the divisionals really was so tough that it could have this, that really hurt us as a, as a group, those games could have went either way. It was really hard to pick those games. Uh, but one of the, this has got to be one of the best playoffs we've seen in a while. I mean, that's just my opinion. Uh, so Derek, since, you know, you're two and zero, what do you think of the playoffs so far? talk about the conference, uh, give us a recap, you know, how'd you get both, both games, right. You know, what happened there?
1: Well, this, yeah, this, it was funny because the whole talking was on the first, the the wildcard weekend, everyone was like, Oh, do we need these extra games? These games are horrible, but there's only two competitive games out of them. And then boom, next week, it, then every game since then has been competitive. And, um, it just comes to show that, you know, the NFL is, you know, it's parody is big time in the NFL. A lot of, there's no real do, dominant team anymore. Um, how I picked the Bengals and the Rams. I just like the Bengals is an interesting one because on paper, they shouldn't be there. Um, but like our local historian, Fresh West would say, you know, um, Joe Burrow reminds me a lot of Joe Namath and the fact that he's like Joe Cool. He doesn't care. He's just going out and winning. He has no qualms about it. He thinks they're going to win um, and he just wills it in. He's like, I don't care. We're going to go out there. He has the bravado and the swag that his whole team just follows him and they're like, okay, we're going to go out there. They're kickers going out there in the um, game against the Titans. And he's like, Oh, I can't believe we're going on to the next round, but right before he kicks a 50 yard field goal. Right. Yeah. So they have the swagger and they, and they've gone into Tennessee and Kansas city, both and uh, beat two really good teams on the road. Now they're going to go into SoFi um, on the road again, even though they're the home team. (laughs) Uh, So that will be very interesting. And then on the Rams, you um the reason I picked the Rams is um, you brought it up though. Von Miller and OBJ. Two late season acquisitions have totally transformed this team. Um now you have Von Miller going with Aaron Donald. You can't von Miller is looking like 2015 Von Miller. He's looking great out there. You can't block him. And uh OBJ. he he still has one of the greatest hands in the NFL right now. He catches everything. And so that adds another dimension, especially, I mean, you have Cooper cup who no one to see decides they want to guard him anyway, but now with OBJ out there, it makes it even harder to guard Cooper cup. Um, So both teams have very dynamic offenses and that's kind of why I picked both of them.
0: Yeah. And you know, that acquisition of OBJ, I think, really helps um, Cooper Cup a lot and, and makes their offense uh, uh, really dynamic in the fact that, you know, you you can't just – you got Cooper Cup one of the best seasons ever, and so what are you going to do? You know, you can't double team him because you, you you're going to leave OBJ, you know, one-on-one. That's a, that's a tough ask for anybody, you know. So that, that's, a, that's a tough dynamic there, and, and, uh, and I agree with those acquisitions that they're great. Uh, the the Cincinnati game in, in Kansas City e- even though I really thought Cincinnati had a chance you know and I obviously picked them to win but I mean unbelievable what Cincinnati has done in the playoffs um, just just great playoffs so far and, and you know I think you're spot on with Burrow there and so uh, so Wes talking about the, the, the San Francisco and Rams game uh, San Francisco blows a lead uh, you know you you obviously picked the Rams to win, but talk about that game, you know, I mean, how are you feeling at halftime, you know, third quarter and, and, you know, how, what really changed that game? Um, Yeah. I mean, the Niners just, they are totally shut
2: down the Rams in the first half, um, which I just had a feeling. I was like, well, you know, the Niners defense looks, you know, they're, you know, frustrating Stafford. Stafford gets hurt. Um, looked like he would. The ball wasn't coming out of his his hand uh, the way um, he usually does. Um, so, yeah, I, I had a I had a feeling that um, that the Rams were going to come back, um, but OBJ, um, like I said, he he was um he came and he. He was playing really well, um, but I think the difference, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo, being Jimmy Garoppolo, was Aaron Donald. In the defense really got after him, frustrated him, um, and the play calling was pretty bad in the second half for the Niners. I mean, how do you not get? I mean, I know Dabo Sweeney. I mean, excuse me. Um, you got it. You got to get um, Debo Samuel. Yeah, Debo Samuel the ball. Yeah, in those situations, so, I mean, he, he didn't touch the ball enough in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, and then, you know, I, I figured the four niners would have, have to have to score more than twenty points to win, um, and that's pretty much what happened. So,
0: yeah. I I mean, I had if they score 28, you know, which I th- thought they would, that and that's why I picked them. They win the game, but they they didn't. Watching that game and, and seeing how can you not get Debo Samuel and George Kittle involved in the second half, your, your offense is sputtering. The the play calling is horrible. And you know when you look at that, they're they're down 10 or they're up 10. I mean. And especially the last two drives to me, here, here's the thing, that quick screen to Debo, you know, maybe a, an option route with Kittle in the slot. Why aren't you going to those early in your in your um, drive, right? Why aren't you going those on first, second down, getting the ball in the hands of your best players? And at, at then mm-hmm. you can say at the end of the day, you know, I we, we tried by putting the ball in, in the hands of our best players, but when, then you lose and you didn't. You know, and I think that's the, the hard part there when when you look at the play calling and just the way the, the whole fourth quarter went. Obviously, the the dropped interception by Tart really hurts, you know, but Rams had one of those easy touchdowns dropped in the first half, too. You know, so you can't blame things like that. What do you ultimately blame is the play calling? You know, you you got to put the hand the ball in the hands of your best players. Right. And so San Francisco coaching had a lot to do with that. Um, they really, you know, I don't think they came through at the end there. So the, the Rams move on <laughs> and, and, uh, I, I love all the Stafford memes and, and a lot of people talking about, you know, Stafford, you know, ended the goats career and now he's going to the Super Bowl and couldn't, couldn't win a, a playoff game in Detroit. But, you know, now, you know, it just shows that, you know, he's better than Detroit. And, and I don't believe all that. I think that the Rams have a really solid team. I think they're good across the board, good defense, good offense, you know, a, a better-than-average line, and, and so you know the Rams have the have all the tools. Um, they they made it come together late in the season, you know, really well here in the playoffs, and, and that's why they're where they're at. Uh, Cincinnati beating Kansas City, it's hard, you know, to to look at that and not think that that's a huge momentum builder for them. Because that's that's a tough ask, right? Go into Kansas City in the playoffs and uh, go down twenty-one to three, and then you know come back and win that game, and that the just second
1: shows. Second time they've done that against Kansas City,
0: right? They did that in what week seventeen or sixteen, or you know, right it like, season there. Yeah, yeah. So, so we we saw that happen. So what what a a great couple games again, very close. Good playoffs there. So we'll get into so what's going to happen next there. And so last week we talked about, you know, we're going to get into the top five quarterbacks uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about now changing changing of the guard. So if you think about it, if you, if you look at, you know, who's retiring, Brady's retired, you know, we Peyton Manning recently, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, you know, all these people that were staples, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, you know, they were staples of the quarterback position. So what's next in the quarterback position here for the NFL? Who's, who's the top five. And, and and this is going to be a theme for us going forward. We're going to, we're going to call it our our top fives, right? And we'll, we'll talk about a lot of different topics with our top fives, but top five quarterbacks. So right now in the NFL, what they've done past, present and future, what can they do, what they've done right now, what they've done in the past, who are are the top five quarterbacks? What's that changing of the guard look like from these? Uh, this, I don't know. It feels to me like it's been most of our adult life watching these same quarterbacks, you know, and and now we're looking at these young kids coming up. So, uh, so let's start, Derek. You know, who's your top five quarterbacks, and then you know, what do you feel about the changing of the guard happening?
1: Well, if I'm going to go right now, so. Um... Don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, but as of right now, he's still in the top five. I mean, even though the I know his playoff record's not that great and losing at Lambeau, but, I mean, he. it's more that he's not a quarterback to play the way their team's set up for the cold and the snow. So I don't give that on Rodgers. Um, so i got no particular order. I've got Rodgers in my top five, Mahomes. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. with And because we kind of forgot about him because he was hurt most of last year, but Russell Wilson is up there too.
0: Wow, that's okay. So a couple things to um, unpack there. So first, no Lamar Jackson, right?
1: He's He's on the...
0: he's Uh, he's on the short list, but we're, we're talking, we're only top five. And so you got to leave some people out for sure. Right. I mean, there's some other good quarterbacks that, uh, you know, you didn't even put Matthew Stafford in there. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, he wasn't in the short list. (laughs) He wasn't on the
0: short list. (laughs) So first (laughs) of all, there's one thing, you know, that I want to talk about you to talk about real quick that you just brought that up. So let's talk about the difference between uh, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes like if you got to rate these three guys like who let, let's actually rate I'm not just say who's top five between those three who, who's the top of those three put those three in order
1: right now it's Mahomes Allen and Herbert um her Allen and Mahomes are very close but Mahomes has won a Super Bowl he's you know Allen is this close to getting there, but, you know, he lost to the Chiefs two years in a row. So I can't put him over Mahomes because even though the Chiefs have a really good team, it's because of Mahomes that they're really good. I mean, when they had like Chad Henning or something, they weren't very good. Uh, He makes Kelsey and Hill better. Besides Kelsey and Hill, who do they have for, I mean, so I got to go Mahomes one. Uh, Allen, and then Herbert. Herbert's close. He's getting up there, though. He's, he's making some plays. I feel like it's just his coach needs to stop going on fourth down, like he's playing Madden all the time. Um, but Herbert Herbert's really impressed me because I wasn't – when he came out, I was like, eh, Oregon quarterback. Da, da, da. I'm more concerned of like uh, how they used him at Oregon. Like they did not show him off at all. So, um, yeah, I'm impressed with Herbert, but he would be third out of those three.
0: And, and is it hard not to to put Joe Burrow in with those guys? Like, you know, how does now after this season, now that we've seen what he can do, like how does Joe Burrow now fit in?
1: Well, I give <clears throat> Herbert the edge over Burrow and not very much. It's just because Burrow's uh, 25. So he's an older second year player um and what herbert's probably like 22. um but i mean obviously he's shown all he can he also has t higgins jamar chase joe mixon so he has a lot of weapons behind him but um he i mean you only asked me about the top three of the he gave me mahomes allen and herbert Burrow's right there too. It's, yeah. it's a very fluid list.
0: Yeah. And when you think about that list, you know, how does that match up with the, the retirees per se over the last few years, you know, are, are we going to get the same level of um, just, you know, great games and, and great quarterbacking matchups in, in the playoffs back and forth, obviously already seen with Allen and Mahomes like do we expect the same thing for the next, you know, 20 years or 15 years? I mean, not everybody plays as long as Tom Brady, but you know, maybe you know 10 15 years of these guys that we did see from from those last quarterbacks. Can we expect that?
1: I think so. It's going to be interesting because um, right now it's looking like the AFC is top heavy with lots of young quarterbacks. because um, I mean, you got Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Jackson, um, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones. You know, he was a pro bowler. I don't know how, but he <laughs> was. Um, they are tons of quarter, young quarterbacks. We'll see how he plays next year, but Baker Mayfield still young. Um, and then in the, the uh, NFC, it's kind of like it's all the older guard. You had Brady, Rodgers, Brees retired last year so and you saw what happened to the Saints. Matt Ryan um you've got Russell Wilson but he's not young anymore. No. Um so you're looking at the young players are Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, right? Um you have to see we don't know about Trey Lance or Justin Fields yet. So that's the ones we got to figure. But you don't have very many young up-and-coming quarterbacks in the nfc so kind of looks like it's going to be a dog fight in the afc where we're still looking for the nfc
0: yeah yeah i agree that the nfc is weak on that so so Wes, talk about that for a second afc versus nfc quarterbacks and and then give us your top five um my top five
2: mahomes aaron Rodgers. um I'm gonna put Herbert above Josh Allen, and then um, Joe Burrow. Top five. Um, oh shoot, there. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, A- AFC. I mean, they're gonna be it's gonna be pretty exciting to watch for the next ten years. Um, I was gonna compare like Joe Burrow, like if you're if you're doing like retirees that just retired versus, you know, the players today, you know, there's some correlations. Joe Burrow to me is uh, he, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of got some Brady in him. Um, I think of course, Mahomes and Rogers kind of, you know, they both have the, uh, the arm and uh, just that confidence where they can get the ball in anywhere. Uh Josh Allen, to me, I, I hate to I hate to compare him to Elway, but he's the closest thing that I've seen to Elway. But if you're if you're comparing to like recent retirees, Roethlisberger, you know, in a sense. Um, but as far as the NFC, at you know, I mean, yeah, it's it's a little bit different. Like, I mean, I'm not a big Dak Prescott fan, but you know, he's he's a, he's a top tier quarterback, um, even though he's a choker, but, um, and, you know, Russell Wilson's gonna be interesting to see what happens next year, but, um, you know, I, I'd say that, I mean, you know, it's, uh, It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen uh, with, you know, the, the Niners. What's going to happen, with Garoppolo? Um, there's going to be some moves in the offseason. season.
0: You think Garoppolo stays in San Francisco, or, or do they stout, They go to Trey Lance? They, they're probably going.
1: They're
0: probably they will probably go to Trey Lance.
1: They're already um, putting feelers out.
0: Yeah. So. um. How do you feel about Kyler Murray? How does he rank there? I mean, I know we know he's not in your top five and he's probably not even on the short list for the most for most people's short list, maybe top 10 uh, when you talk about those NFC quarterbacks. So uh, let's say Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, you know, are these two good young quarterbacks? And then what happens with Trey Lance and Justin Fields? are they going to be able to match the output of these AFC quarterbacks? Or, or is this going to be a, a, a kind of yeah. like a NBA, you know, when the West was just dominating the East? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's, I think when it comes to Fields' case, it,
2: it really comes down to, you know, what's, you know, what's the new regime? What, what are they going to do with them? Like, how are they going to utilize them out of the pocket? Um, play to his strengths, um, limit his, uh, his, his things that he, he's, he's not that great on, um, what kind of offense they want to run. Um, I still believe the Bears, I, you know, I like what I saw from fields. There's things I did not like, uh, inconsistency um, in the pocket. Um but I, I I never realized how fast he was, you know, even Ohio State. Um, I still think the Bears, you know, I, I think I think they could be a contender next few years with Fields. Where Kylo Murray um, disappointing year this last year, they, they, re- they really should have made it a run in the playoffs. Cal Murray is uh incredibly talented he, he seems to under pressure, he likes he, he, he's didn't play well at the end of the season, running around too much when he doesn't have to run around, not going through his progressions. Um, so that's why I didn't really put him in the top five. It's just the way he you know you know I, I guess. Playing quarterback, it's eighty percent mental. You know, if we look at Tom Brady and his physical stature when he came out, Michigan, which was nothing. You know, it's 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 all it's all it's all upstairs. And Kyler Murray, I mean, no excuse for some of the plays, bonehead plays that he made at the end of the, some of those games. So,
0: yeah, I feel like uh, I think. I think you're hundred percent right there. Cause I think, I think Tua has the same problem that you're talking about right there with Kyler Murray. And it's not with the running around. It's just like, it's just questionable decision-making a lot of times. And, you know, as a quarterback, you know, you have to make quick decisions. you have got to go through your progressions. You got to read quick and you got to be able to lead the team. And that's the other problem. I think, you know, Kyler Murray has, I think he's got a lot of good attributes. He's a little small, um, I don't know that he has the the best arm strength, uh, to, to fit in some of those, those deep outs, you know, those digs, he could definitely throw the ball far, but there's a difference between throwing the ball down the field and, and hitting those, those routes that are timing routes with arm strength. And I think that's where he lacks a little bit. And so I, it's kind of interesting to me. And that's why I asked the question about the NFC, because It seems like when you're talking about top five quarterbacks, like we're just really talking almost all AFC quarterbacks right now. Right. Uh, Especially if you're thinking about, you know, what they can do now and and what they can do in the future. Uh, My biggest disappointment here is the is Deshaun Watson, because, you you know, we don't even know what his future is going to be right now. But if you look at what he had done up to this point, I mean, he was looking at like being one of the, the best quarterbacks in the league, you know, statistically already. If you look at his stats, quarterback rating, everything he was doing. And so that was a disappointment to me because I I believe Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in the league uh, right now. But, you know, we don't know his future. So so that one kind of kind of hurt my (laughs) my heart. You know, so I'm looking at that going, man, you know, too bad Deshaun Watson couldn't keep it together. And so looking at top five, it's hard not to put Aaron Rodgers in there, even with the bad playoff record. He still has a Super Bowl under his belt. He's gotten the MVPs, you know. He's his touchdown to interception ratio, obviously unbelievable. He's done great things over the years. He's killed. He's murdered the Bears, you know. And so I have firsthand knowledge of, of watching Aaron Rodgers play. So it's hard for me not to put Aaron Rodgers at number one right now, uh, just because we don't know the future of some of these other quarterbacks. It's kind of written when you look at, you know, what Mahomes is probably going to do and, and what Allen's probably going to do. So I still think Aaron Rodgers is probably number one. Um, again, Brady retiring makes that an easier choice for me, obviously. And so the, the next four, though, I, it's just so hard to pick these. And, and the, the one hard part for me was not to put Lamar Jackson in there. Because maybe Lamar Jackson doesn't do the prototypical quarterback things that some of these other quarterbacks do, throw for four, f- maybe 5,000 yards and have the, the – he doesn't have a bad touchdown-interception ratio, but you know not as many touchdown passes. But you can't, you can't teach what Lamar Jackson has when he has the ball in his hands. You can't scheme for that. It's one of the hardest, really? toughest uh, defenses that you'll ever have to play is when, when you're going up against the Ravens. So I, I put Lamar Jackson in my top five. Uh, where he sits in that top five, I think is unknown at this point. Um, so I'll put him in there. But, but then it just comes back to Mahomes, um, Allen, Herbert, and, and then you know Burrow. How do you put those top four and then say, well, how do we take one out and put, put Lamar Jackson in there? And if I have to take one out, I I got to tell you, I think Josh Allen might be the one because – I, I don't know what this is going to do to him mentally, how many years he's going to continue to lose the Buffalo, you know, uh, what, what will happen in the long run of, of that, you know, sometimes you become that always second place quarterback and that affects you in a, in a bad way. Uh, I don't know that he has that same level of confidence of Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow has showed so much yep. this year, but he had a great rookie season. You know, he had a great college career. So I think Burrow has got to be up there. Um, Herbert is athletically gifted when it comes to the quarterback position. It, it's hard to argue that he has all the tools to be one of the best quarterbacks that we're going to see in a long time. And then, of course, Mahomes—you know—he does those Patrick Mahomes things that not a lot of people can do. So, uh, it, it's it's tough to pick a top five there. If I'm going to push someone out at this point, it's actually going to be Josh Allen. You know, I'm going to say uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Pat, Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, And and kind of speaking to that changing of the guard, when we talk about these retiring quarterbacks, I actually think we're looking for better things than we saw out of these last quarterbacks. I think it's going to be more exciting as these years go by, especially in the AFC. I think it's it's a great thing what's happening in the NFL right now with these quarterbacks and the upcoming quarterbacks. I mean, if you look at like, What's coming out, out of high school into college and and you know into the NCAA? You know, Arch Manning. I mean, I, these guys are just breeding quarterbacks. This guy's six four, two fifteen, <laughs> and he's and he's got the last name of Manning. So you know that, that that's going to be some some pretty exciting stuff there. So so just kind of recap there. Um, you know, w- Derek, what do you think about? that NFC versus AFC thing.
1: Well, and it might be even weirder soon too, because you never know Rogers could get traded to the Broncos. Russell Wilson can get traded. Oh, and he might be ending up with a uh, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, and um, Stafford as your best three quarterbacks in the NFC. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be interesting because like Rodgers isn't gonna play for very much longer. He's kind of you know already kind of getting close to being done. So then there'll be a change into the guard because the problem is is like with Russell Wilson, he's in the, the NFC West, which is I mean, the, the Niners defense isn't going anywhere. Uh the Cardinals weren't healthy at all at the end of the year, so they'll be back. Uh and the Rams are in the Super Bowl. So <laughs> Um, he might get buried down there because of that. And then it's kind of wide open because you, you got the Cowboys and then everyone else in the East. I guess the Eagles made the playoffs, but they ha- they didn't have a win against a they, they beat up on the Reds or the Commanders <laughs> and the Giants. Um, the South now, my gosh. Are we looking at the South as the Falcons are the favorites in that division now?
0: What, mean, what a tough division that used to be. Yeah. And now look at it.
1: Are the Buccaneers going to go in with Kyle Trask at quarterback or are they going to try <laughs> and make a move for like Garoppolo or something like that?
0: Which is probably not a bad fit for them.
1: Yeah, so um yeah, I mean looking at it next year you're going to you could have a rebuilding Packers team. Um, the East, besides the East of the Cowboys, the South has no one. I mean, the Buccaneers have a good team, just no quarterback. And then the West. Uh, The Bears and the Vikings, they're up and coming. We don't know for sure for them. The Vikings, I mean, you talk about tough luck cases, they could have easily had like 12, 13 wins this year. right? But and then they go and then they go and not want to hire Harbaugh. So I don't know what to think about them.
0: They're they're talented for sure. I mean, you know, you you look at their team and they got some some good uh, good players there, especially on offense. Dalvin Cook, you know, and and Justin Jefferson, Thielen. Uh, you know the other the other kind of question mark in my mind since you know we'll finish up the quarterback conversation here, but you know what about Jalen Hurts? He had a really good season, right? He, he showed that, you know, he, he can be a pocket passer, but he also rushed for, you know, one of the mo- more yards than almost any other quarterback in the league. And, you know, he looks like he could be a, an upcoming quarterback. So, so Wes, what do you think about Jalen Hurts? Um,
2: I, as far as long-term, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure the organization is going to always look for a better option if one – Presents itself, especially you know free agents. Uh, I, I just I don't think that they have a uh, that much confidence in Jalen Hurts. Um, doing when you when you look at just some of the you know looking at the other teams, um, and, you know around you know, just the AFC and and you got young quarterbacks. That they, um, they get the ball down the field um, consistently, um, big arm strength and mobile and mobile. I mean, Jalen Hurts is mobile, but um, it seems like that um, I'm not quite sure that he can handle. You know, if things do get tough, especially next year. Um, the philly fans are going to be all over him it's going to get in his head and i don't think that he he has that type of um you know top 10 talent to overcome the 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 whispers and the noises of of the fans and just the expectations that they have no matter how good they are or or talent uh, level Compared to the Cowboys in the division, um, I just don't see him as a long-term. Uh, they'll always be looking for someone better than
0: Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's Philly's really tough place to play, right? I mean, they they do have those high expectations. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of that. I think I think Hurts, you know, he's been. Move, he moved around a little bit in college kind of got passed over a little bit you know and then, but he goes to Oklahoma you know does well comes out to Philly isn't really you know the starter but then becomes the starter and and uh it, I think it's one of those things that you know if he overcomes he's got he's got some good talent behind him and I think it's, it's, I think you're right though it's just you just got to kind of see how it plays out can he can he keep it out of his own head I mean, can he keep? Can keep playing at a high level? I mean, Devonta Smith obviously is a great receiver. If he can develop a connection there, you know they can they can really do well. So, I think exciting things happening with quarterbacks to come. Uh, great conversation around quarterbacks. I really really love the. The new type of quarterbacks that are getting chances now, as far as you know, mobile quarterbacks and quarterbacks that can run RPOs, and and then you still have the you know the the prototypical too. So I think the quarterback position has changed in a way that's made the game better and it's made it more exciting, and it's really going to be great going down the road. So I'm excited to see what happens with quarterbacks coming coming up. So with that with that in mind, um, I want to move forward here talk a little bit about we had a lot we've had a lot of talk about overtime specific rules right and we talked a little bit about this and so i want to talk about overtime rules but also want to just talk a little bit about nfl rules in general so before we get specifically into overtime rules one of the one of the things i want to cover is is uh dbs and and their ability to play defense and pass interference and just like you know what, what's happening with DBs right now? Can they even play their position? You know, are are the refs you know allowing them to? Are there too many calls, too few calls? What's happening with the with the rules, the refs, the DBs specifically? So, Derek, what do you think on that?
1: I think it was more egregious last year. Um, watching games this year, it wasn't like last year. It seemed like you touch them and it was a flag um it also just depends on what referee crew you get because some are very like oh you've touched them it's a flag and some somewhat you like just have your hands all over and just let it go uh, it's always going to be an issue with pass interference because you know um defense is all reactionary so you can be in a db you're on an island most of the time when it's pass interference it's in man coverage um so like just you know Mahomes scrambles around for an hour just running around throws the ball up in the air it's short so Tyreek Hill stops and VB runs into him and it's pass interference that's kind of like it's like come on really it's like um you can't do much with that and so for me or like the <laughs> It was good for me, but the one where Zay Jones, it was like five yards away from him. You can't call that pass interference. It's uncatchable. If anything, it's holding, defensive holding. Um, I feel like there's a lot of them that they call pass interference where it should just be defensive holding. And spot fouls, that's kind of a killer too. Um, Because a lot of games get decided of, you know, difference between five yards and 50. So...
0: Yeah, how about some of the, the newer rules as well, um, specifically the the blocking rules? We saw this a couple times. Let's talk about that as well. You know, with the, you know, a blocker comes out, the defender goes low to try to get around him or make a tackle. We even see sometimes where they made a tackle, but then they got called for going low um, on the blocker. You know, so how does that rule come into play there? And, and what do you think about that rule, Derek?
1: I think it goes against everything that a defensive player is taught. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, You're basically there's a blocker coming at you. You dive down low to get by him, And since you go down low, then it's a flag. Most of the time on those low, they're not like chop blocking. It's actually, they're trying to get to the the Mm -hmm. ball carrier. Um, I know it's about player safety, but, when is it ever going to be about defensive player safety? It seems like it's always offensive player safety. And there was a few plays where, like, great defensive plays, you know, blocker coming at them, they kind of juke out of the side, dive, trip up the runner for a loss, and then it. I think, isn't it like a 15-yard penalty? Yeah. That's a killer. That kills it. I mean, you stop it. A run for like one yard or negative yardage, and instead, no, you you just gave them 15 yards. There's too many 15 yard penalties in the game. Uh, too many times it'll be third down and 25 or something like that, and you get some kind of nitpicky 15 yard penalty, automatic first down, and and I think that's the issue I have with some of these plays. It's like you need to 15 yards seems a, a lot of very excessive on a lot of these pulse
0: yeah I, I agree there's there's a couple in there that you can you can definitely get prime examples of there but player safety is important I mean you know so Wes like you know player safety as well as anybody right <laughs> you know you're the master of the concussion right so I mean think t- talk about player safety for a second and let's talk about like these hits on defenseless receivers uh and it, not even to the helmet anymore right so how do you feel about that, these penalties and, and that, you know, how does that affect the game? Positive, negative, you know, how important is that player safety and what do you think about that? Uh, what is it that the one
2: hit on, um, in the Rams game on D Bill Samuel, I mean, when you've initially looked at it, it was helmet to helmet. And then, you know, you slow it down and there was, it was a great hit. Um, but that's the problem is, is you got these players that, you know, they're, you know, they're not even, they're trying not to, you know, create helmet to helmet contact. And there, it seems like they're, they're still getting punished. And it's um, as of course, player safeties, it should be, is, is paramount, especially with, all the um, things that we know about concussions. But at the same point, you know, you're, you know, you're getting, this is your job. You know, this isn't, this isn't peewee football. You You know, you know what you're doing when you sign that contract, you know, the risks and everything's being done to prevent players from getting hurt. And, and, and quarterbacks way too much um but you know i i you know there there's that, that debo samuel that, that was a great that was a great collision it was a great play i'm surprised he even got up from it and maybe that had maybe yeah uh, maybe that had something to do with maybe you know he wasn't quite a 100 percent going in you know going to the fourth quarter maybe this is why they weren't targeting him as much but but um, I think that um, it's it's for the best for the overall popularity of the league. Nobody wants to see anybody, you know,
0: severely impacted. Well, you know, you think about that. And let's use that Debo Samuel head as an example. Yeah, it wasn't helmet to helmet, but, you know, he could still get a concussion when he hits the ground. He can still, you know, break some ribs, shoulder, separate a shoulder. I mean, there's a lot of injuries and a lot of things that can happen in a hit like that. And you're talking about a guy who's, who's running down the field, you know, pretty unprotected because he's trying to catch the ball. And now you have a DB who's trying to keep him from catching the ball. And, you know, so there's player safety and then there's the flow of the game. And so all of that I think plays a factor in there and definitely changes the way the game is being played these days. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree, you know, with the helmet to helmet hits. I think that's important, right? We got to, that's one place where it's that's where it's going to affect people the most. Uh, But you also see hits on defenseless receivers (laughs) without being helmet to helmet, you know, you've seen those penalties as well. So To me, you know, the penalties and and just the way the game's called, it it looks like it's an offensively driven game. You know, they're really trying to make it so, hey, you know, Mm -hmm. let's let's make it more exciting for the fans. Let's get more people watching Um, the protection of the quarterback. I, I get it. But at the same time, you know, they're they're still a player on the field you get guys being pushed into the quarterback and getting called for low hits. Right. So you're blocked in the back and pushed into them. You're, you're blocked in and your, your hand hits their helmet and you get a 15 yard penalty. And so I I think at some point there, there's some of these where protection is outweighing and, um, and changing so much of the game that you have to start looking at other things like that. Like, I don't think they look close enough at, you know, did the lineman block it, block you into the, the quarterback. Right. Um, Or here's the other one for me. If you watch these receivers, they're pushing off every time. Right. So Mm -hmm. this guy comes up and and I get pushed off on, and then now I'm trying to make up ground and then I run into him or or get close to him or make Mm -hmm. contact with him. And I'm getting a penalty when he just pushed off you know, to, to create separation, but things like that. I think they, the NFL needs to take a better look at. At first I was really against the replays penalty replays, but I actually think I'm, I'm a little more in favor of those to say, you know, let's get the call, right. If we're already, the game's already slow. We're already replaying everything. We're already slowing this game down. Let, let's get more calls. Right. Uh, do we need to be reviewing every play for every penalty? Probably not. But in in situations like, you know, when that comes up, right, should this be reviewable, right? Can can we can we get this receiver for pushing off? You know, can we get an alignment for blocking someone into their quarterback, things like that. And so, yeah, there, there's some rule things there. Uh, but the, the overtime thing lately is it's a huge subject, right? So we know the overtime rules, but let's – I want to put you guys both in a position and say – you you had to make up you have to make up overtime rules what are your overtime rules how do we how do we change that right so if you had to change overtime rules what would you do so i'll give you guys a second think about that while i'll tell you what i think they should do i think that so there's two things that i hear a lot i hear a lot well the NFL is trying to protect their players from playing too long in games and, and it, it dragging on to overtime, which is why like the first team that score wins. And, and there's some other factors of like, if the, you get the ball and then you don't score, they get to the score, they get a field goal. It's over. Right. So there's that, Hey, they're trying to protect their players from these long terms, but I think it takes away a little bit, like if two teams have tied, right. And then now you lose on a coin flip because you didn't get the ball and then they scored. I don't feel like that's a, it's a very accurate, uh, you know, depiction of how that game went. So both teams should get the ball for sure. And, and my feeling is let's put it similar to college. You know, obviously there's a lot of rules you could, you could change, but why not give each team the ball at the 10, right? No first downs, no field goals, no extra points, you score. If you score, you go for two. If you don't score, the other team gets the ball. They try to score, and you're only from the 10. You're, you're maximum four plays per per shot there because you think about a, an overtime game. I mean, you could run. You can go 15 minutes in an overtime game. You know, how many plays is that over time? So my feeling is like, you know, let's let's put them in the red zone. Let's put them on the 10. No first downs, no field goals. Even if both teams score, they both got to get two-point conversions. Yeah, can that go a little bit longer? It will. You know, you're going to have those games where it's back and forth, maybe three or four scores each. But that's, that's going to be rare. That's going to be, you know, not the norm. And so give them the ball there. Let them try to score. No field goals, no extra points. And if you don't score, you know, it, the other team gets a chance, and they score, they win. And so that's, that's my feeling on the overtime rules. I think the fairness of it needs to be kind of equaled out and and not so determined one on a coin flip and two, it's like the first team, to score could actually just end the game and then you don't even get a chance.
1: So Derek, what do you think? See, I'm, I think the overtime rules are fine because it's not like you just have to go down and score a field goal. You have to score a touchdown. Um, this, this is a game of offense and defense. Saw it. The Bengals didn't. They stopped. They stopped the Chiefs. I mean, Buffalo could have stopped the Chiefs too, but they didn't. Um, they could have stopped them with 13 seconds left before the end of the game, but they didn't. If we're going to change it, I guess I would go an extra 10-minute um, c- quarter, and then if it's still tied after that, then sudden death. But um, I mean... You got to be able to play defense too. So, it's they changed it because you know because of before it was a field goal can win the game. Now, mm-hmm. now you got to get a touchdown. So if you can't stop a team from scoring a touchdown, then do you really deserve to win the game? So, I think yeah. But if we have to change the rules, I would say uh, extra, basically an extra qu- ten minute quarter, and then but then even with that, a team can just. Mm-hmm eye for 10 minutes and then win the game. Yeah. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's, it's tough. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, you're saying, Hey, you know, you got to stop from scoring a touchdown, but let's take an example of, you know, two offensive teams going at each other like bills and chiefs, like there
1: was no defense in that game anyway, you know? So Bills are a top five defense. They should have stopped them. Yeah. It's not, Bengals don't have a top five defense. They stopped the chiefs. I mean, you just have to go out there and play. And you know what? You're, you're the Buffalo bills. You're a top five defense. You have a great defense. And then you just let them first off, you just let them get the before that they drove down the field, Tyreek Hill peace signed you. And then like you let Kelsey and Hill run all over the field. It's like, have some pride. Um, play some defense. You didn't play any defense. Bengals had no, no problem with it. Yeah, no,
0: I mean, it's it's a valid point. You know, the, they were able to stop them, but you know, maybe they don't. Then the chiefs win the game again, you know, now you have more of that controversy, but, and, you know, and it's not that the the overtime rules need to change, right. You're, you're happy with the overtime rules and, and that's good. Right. So, Wes, how do you feel about the overtime roles? you good with them? If you change them, how would you change?
2: Uh, it's, you know, I agree with Derek is, you know, if you can't defense just as, you know, as much of, you know, I know an, everyone wants to make it an offensive game, but the defense is just as important as the offense. And if you can't stop them from scoring a touchdown, from basically anywhere with seventy, if you can't stop them from seventy yards, you don't deserve to win the game. But it kind of sucks, especially watching the Kansas City game when you know you want to see Josh Allen get the ball um, too. So I, I think you can kind of possibly just put the ball in the thirty and say. Um, you know, team kicks the field goal on, you know, they don't get a touchdown, kick the field goal. Um, the other team has to score a touchdown to win the game. You know, you could do it that way just to shorten it. So it's not, you know, we don't have such a long overtime. Uh you could do something like that. that like the college idea is, you know, I like that for the playoffs, you know. For, like, you know, if you want to make it really exciting, hey, you put the ball on the 10 yard line, you got to score a touchdown and you got to go for two. Like, I, I like that for the playoffs and Super Bowl as far as the regular season. You know, I, I think you, it kind of play too much into college where it's like um, <clears throat> you're just kind of trying to be over dramatic. Even though I hate field goals, I've always hated, I mean, I wish just get rid of field goals
0: yeah no field in goals games. at all <laughs> like,
2: like <laughs> for the whole game in
0: games like like
2: let's just you know let's let's throw the football in the end zone to end the game but even at that that kind of dilutes some of the great plays that you're gonna see I mean every play is every if you have every game having a great ending you know it just it's um you
0: know, well, I mean, the reality is there's not a lot of overtime games, right? I think <clears throat> the, these, the playoffs here definitely recently <laughs> were more than what you're going to see on an average for sure. Um, what, what's The other interesting thing, it's like, you know, you guys thought about, hey, well, you got to be able to play defense too. So, well, then why not if, if they get the ball and they choose to take the ball, if you stop them and they don't score, then you win. Why do you even have to score? right maybe hey my defense stopped them and so now i win right why do we need another score you know if it's that important to to play defense too you know so i think there's there's a lot of factors in there i actually like the excitement factor of putting like i said putting that ball near the red zone or, or in the red zone or even closer in the 10 because i think <laughs> defense in the red zone takes just as much scheming as offense in the red zone, you know, it's a Mm -hmm. tough place to play defense, you know, especially when you're talking about from the 10 under because they can run, they can pass, you know, there's, there's all kinds of play calls for that. So, I mean, I like that. Um, I I guess, you know, for me, and again, this is personal opinion. I I don't like the fact that you can play a great game because even if you go tied at the end of the Mm -hmm. game against a good team, like you played a good game, you know, and then, you give up a touchdown in overtime without touching the ball and, and then you just lose. So that, that's the tough part for me. And yeah, I agree. You got to play defense and, and you got to be able to stop them, but there's a lot, a lot of factors there. So um, hopefully the NFL takes a look at that. Even if they don't change it, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed, but I still think it's something that they could look at of, of improving those, those rules. But in general, we're talking about rules in the NFL, I got to be honest, I'm disappointed recently with some of these rule changes, um, you know, with, with these player protection rules, because even though they say they're, they're player protection rules, I think they're, they're probably not taking the, the game into, into consideration as, as much when they make some of these rules. And it, it's affecting the game more than it should in my opinion. I don't think some of these these rules should change the outcome of the game. I think they should help player safety, but again, um, to be within the the flow of the game. All right, good stuff there, guys. So uh, last topic here uh, is coaching. So a lot of coaching changes. So this is near and dear to our hearts, right? Because both of our teams changed coaches. So let's start with the Raiders, right? So let's talk about uh, the Raiders' new coach, Josh McDaniels. How you guys feeling about it? Uh, you know, good, bad, indifference? I mean, I think I, I know how Derek feels. So, so Derek, what, what do you think? What's what's happening here?
1: I'm warming up to it. Um, <laughs> I think maybe just because I had my heart set on Harbaugh, um, and and after seeing what Josh McDaniels did at Denver, but you know, he was a lot younger then so i'll give him the benefit of the doubt um they brought in ziggler as gm and then they brought your guy champ kelly in as assistant gm um so they're starting to grow they're looking at um their defensive coordinator also coming in as the dc so yeah we're gonna be the patriots and bears (laughs) Wests, right (laughs) so but like in many of the circles, Josh McDaniels is a pretty brilliant offensive coordinator. And I like the whole, I like what, you know, the Patriots, you never knew that what they would do, because it would be like one game they're going to throw the ball 50 times, the next game they're going to run it 50, you never know. And I like that aspect, and I think that will work well with um, Jacobs and Carr. Oh, Renfro is going to have a heyday now.
0: Yeah, I think it's good things to come for Renfro with McDaniel's there. Yeah,
1: so I'm, I'm not upset anymore. Let's just say. <laughs> yeah.
0: So how would you feel about the McDaniel's hire there, Wes? Yeah, at first I, I was
2: a little surprised and a little disappointed, just because yeah, it's the Patriots. But, um, watching McDaniels over the years and just schematically understanding basically how to take a part of defense methodically and in so many different as so many different ways that he can do it. I think it is a good hire offensively um, team. It's it's going to be a guessing game trying to figure out what he's going to what he's going to come at you whether he's going to yeah he he run the ball you know so many different times he utilized the back out of the backfield um, yeah Renfro is going to really benefit the offense um, and it seems like that he wants Carr and like I think it you know he's going to play the the cars strengths um, and he's going to maybe give him more confidence and um, and maybe taking more chances uh, or opening up those opportunities where he doesn't feel like that he's going to have to force the ball. Um, I, you know, overall, I think even though at first it was, it was a, it was a surprise. um, I think, I think it's a good hire. It's, It's
0: a, it's a safe hire. I feel like they kind of had their heart set on him uh, because they didn't interview a lot of coaches.
1: No, I think, yeah, the whole thing I think happened and we, well, we could get into it a little later with Brian Flores, but yeah, it seemed like they, they interviewed Basachia because you, you have to, I mean, he took you to the playoffs and then you interviewed Jared Mayo, who's a, the linebacker coach and they interviewed um, Bowles, right? Yeah. Todd Bowles. So it was kind of like they tried to mark check off their, you know, like Flores says, you check your marks off for the Rooney rule. And then all of a sudden it was McDaniels came in. Um, they even were going to, um, they were set up. The one that interests me was Danico Ryans, uh, but they didn't end up interviewing him at all. Um, I think what happened in this, honestly, is I think what happened, Josh McDaniels went in blew him away in the interviews, and then he admitted it was a fumble. And that was all that he needed to do. He said that the, the, the rule, it was an actual fumble. And I was like, done. <laughs> He's like, say it's a fumble. <laughs> He's like, look, guys, yeah, you, you guys got, you got screwed over.
0: It was a fumble. Uh, I I I concede that. Now make me your coach. I like it. Um, I, I think the I, – I, I'll be honest with you. I think they had their eye on him. I think he he brings in an element for them that, it, with the talent that they have, is gonna fit well. You know, I think they see you know his his style of offense, and I think it'll do well for the Raiders. And so, to be honest with you, I think it's it's not a bad hire for them, and I, I think they kind of have their heart set on him. Uh, it,
1: it hurts the Patriots because now he was supposed to be Belichick's heir apparent, so right? now they have. And uh, you know Belichick deals with the defense, so now they have to find a new offensive guru to come in.
0: So, so we kind of go opposite to the Bears now, right? So, so the Bears interviewed everybody under the sun. You know, they they Ooh. they they looked at everybody, and to come back to Eberflus for me is <laughs> it, it's just a it's a big disappointment because I don't think he fits in with what they're going to need to do as an offense over the coming years to really make field successful. I'll, he's a defensive minded guy, which is good. He, he doesn't have as much NFL experience as I'd like a coach to have. Um, so, but he does have a, a long coaching tenure career. Um, to be honest with you, Uh, This is, I think we could have looked at guys and and we didn't, we didn't interview the which I think is a disappointment to me. Maybe he didn't want to interview, Um, but Byron left, which I think uh, to be honest with you would be a, would have been a good fit as far as what we wanted to do um, offensively. So, you know, Ibra Fluss, you know, must've came in and showed (laughs) them something that they wanted to see and, and, I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not super happy with, with the hire. I tried to warm up to it. It's just not happening. I, I mean, I hope for great things, but to be honest with you, I'm really disappointed in, in the Bears hire. Uh, you know, so what, what do you guys think about that?
1: Um, with him, you know, I was digging in, doing some research. He comes from the Rob Ryan tree. Um, so, and he took over the Colts defense and he actually made the, the he's been there since 2018. Um, he had stops with the Cowboys. Um, so he's trained, he's been under Rob Ryan. So a lot of blitzing, you know, different, different four, uh, three, fours. And then when he went to the Cowboys and after Rob Ryan was let go and they brought in Monty Kiffin, He stayed on and he was under Bonnie Kiffin. So he's got lots of experience with different defenses. I just don't know. It's when you have a young quarterback, you need someone offensive. And maybe they just got gun shy because Nagy was so horrible with Trubisky and with fields that they were like, no, we're going to go back to what us, the bears know. And that's defense. They did. They got Luke Getze as their offensive coordinator So we'll see how he does. He's the quarterback coach of the Packers. Right. So, he, you know, he's under Nathaniel Hackett, who's now the Broncos head coach. So it's an up and they went, went for the, the Bears went for the up and comers. So maybe that helps out because Fields is young. Maybe they're trying to make them grow. The only problem is that defense is old. Yeah.
0: Well, you got to be offensive focused with this team, to be honest with you. You know, we're not going to, our defense is, is old. Uh, we're not going to be a dominant defense anymore. We have good players, right? But you're not going to be <laughs> shut down, you know, monsters the midway. And if you try to make that your your team strategy, you're going to fail, you know? I mean, it, it's going to be tough. So we'll see what happens. And, and I'm not disappointed. Um, and bringing someone in from the Packers is, is, is not the worst thing in the world, right? So you get a little insight on in what's happening over there. So I think that's good. Um, so, so Wes, you have any insight on the, on the Eberfluss hire?
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't really go for, you know, trying to get someone for fields, um, to honestly see what you have or, you know, the first, first two years, you want to do everything to figure out if this, you know, if, if he can develop into not just a, a really good quarterback in the NFC, but if you know you can get this team to the Super Bowl. You know, if you start revamping that defense. Um, at the same point, you know, not really knowing much about evil, evil clocks. Um, you know, Fields, I, I think there's, there's the expectations for Fields are so high. They wanted him to play so soon. I think it hurt him, especially with Nagy. Um, Nagy should have been fired that first game where he got sacked nine times. It's completely unacceptable that you put, you put your franchise quarterback, your potential future of the, of, of the Bears, out there to get killed um, in the first game, he should have been fired right there. At the same point, you also don't want to pamper him too much because, you know, everyone thinks he's gonna be so great. We don't know anything yet. Um, he he he's he's got wheels. He's got a good arm. but um, progressions, uh, again, it's upstairs. And I don't think you want to also, you know, you know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to, to rebuild that defense. And if if Fields is gonna be what people think he's gonna be, he's gonna be with anybody that's gonna be offensive coordinator because of the talent that he has, the ability to move around the pocket, create with his legs, improvise. Um, if he's gonna be that great then he could be that great. But if not, they're going to know very quickly.
0: Um, and, you know. Does it hurt? So that's the question, you know, does it hurt? Like, think about, I mean, I'm not saying Byron Leverage <laughs> is, is the, the perfect person for that job, but he's a quarterback. You know, he was a, a fairly mobile quarterback. Like, you know, he, he's got a strong arm and, and he's, he's been in, in an offense coordinator. He's offensive-minded. You know, is that more important to look at what you're building as a franchise, or is it more important to say? And so maybe Ibrahflus rebuilds the defense, and maybe that was his pitch. You know, hey, you know we got to get back to what we we've done, right? And let's start with with rebuilding the defense. So, you know, I think that's that's something to consider as well. And and we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I again, I'm a little disappointed. Hopefully, it changes my mind. But uh, I think he's going to be a, a two-year-and-done guy, unfortunately. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, I think one of the more interesting things, and, and maybe maybe I'm way off on this, so it'd be interesting to see how you guys feel. But I feel like Denver, right, going for, for the two guys they went for is almost saying like, hey, maybe Aaron Rodgers is coming to Denver, right?
1: Is that, is that just me, Derek? Are you, did you see this? Yeah, that's that's pretty much what they're trying to do. They got the (laughs) offensive coordinator and the tight ends coach from the um, Packers, you know, and but it takes two to tango so they can go and hire them. But if uh, Packers, you know, if they don't give the Packers what they want, it's not going to happen because you're going to I mean, even though Rogers who knows how much he has left, but it's still at least two firsts and some other stuff too. Um, but yeah, that seems like it's the Broncos MO lately. It's like, let's just go and find an aging quarterback and see if they can mm-hmm. help us win a Super Bowl. Because they don't draft quarterbacks well at all. Yeah, you know I mean they're like, hey, hopefully, like we get Kate <laughs> an Manning just drop on our laps again. And that's what happened with Aaron Rodgers. Um, but yeah, we'll see. They're gonna have to give up <clears> the <throat> for him now.
0: So yeah. I, I just, I just feel like they're going to go after Rogers. I mean, why do you bring in two guys, offense coordinator and coach, you know, and so now your head coach and your offense coordinator from, from the Packers, you know, they're both offensive coaches for them. Um, I, I, the Packers offense is good, but it's really made by Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you know? So okay. how good is Hackett really? as a coach and coordinator is my question, right? So I, I kind of question that higher, to be honest with you, uh, unless it's an attempt to get Aaron Rodgers. If it's not an attempt to get Aaron Rodgers, I think there's better people available. You know, I mean, I, Wes, are you familiar with, with Hackett and, and what, how do you feel about that? I mean, not, not too much, it, but
2: I think, you know, you, yeah, it's the Packers offense, yeah, it's, it's Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, you know, trying to um, – creating, creating – basically creating his own plays in, in a sense. You know, he's, he's going to do what he wants. He's going he's gonna to put in place what makes him feel more comfortable – whether Hackett's, you know, the offensive coordinator or not, it's not – I don't think it's that um, that big of a uh, – it's not one of those things where Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, my God, now I want to go to the Broncos. He, he wanted to go to the Broncos in the first place. I think he's going to go there. Um, but, again, he's you know, he he's got they – got, they got weapons, got a good running game. Um it I mean AFC is top heavy um when it comes to uh, quarterbacks I think it you know in a sense you'd be better off staying with the Packers um, overall because I mean you look at next year in the NFC I mean Sweet. it's wide open yeah it, I agree. it's completely wide open even if the, even the Rams win the Super Bowl you just you never know it's Rams are good but they're they're not that great um NFC is wide open why would you go to the AFC when um you know the AFC West you're going to go Patrick Mahomes I mean you don't have very many years left he doesn't have very many good years he's not going to be like Brady and play he's 45 I I say he he's gonna he's gonna about two years he'd be like I don't want people, I mean, he's, he's going to say, I don't want people to see that. I just don't have the same arm. You know, he doesn't want to have one of those things where he wants to go out kind of like Elway did. He wants to go out on top with the Super Bowl, obviously probably in Denver, but I think, I think he's, I think he's best to stay put in green Bay, especially you got Devonte Adams um, healthy. Uh, he's virtually
1: unstoppable. But Devontae Adams is going to be going to the Raiders.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great for you guys, right? And and yeah, I mean, you don't know. Maybe, maybe he leaves, right? And then why would 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 Roger stay, right? Uh, oh. I think it's a stretch for for to hire Hackett, though, just to be honest with you.
1: Well, and it's weird too, because they're gonna sell the team. They're up for sale. So it's kind of an odd thing. You know, a new owner's gonna come in, he's like, who's this dude? Right. He's not someone I want. Um, if they don't get Rodgers, it was kind of a bust move, I think. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, and that's the thing what Wes said with Rodgers. It's like you're going in with Mahomes, Herbert, Cars, no slouch. It's not like it's, you know, the Lions and the Vikings and the Bears. Um, it's going to be a lot harder to go through those teams because you have to play them so. Oh, times. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's uh, probably the toughest division right now, right? I mean.
1: NFC West.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're, they're both real close, to be honest with you. Um, I think that, you know, they the AFC was a tougher division this year. So some of those, those teams, you know, lost some games to some tougher teams than, you know, on the NFC side. Um, so it kind of brings to our last point topic, but also talking about the Giants hire, right? which is feeding into to the, this Brian Flores thing happen right now. So, so first of all, you know, when we we're talking about um, um, Brian Dablo, I think this is a good hire for the Giants, to be honest with you. Uh, the guy's got a lot of experience with a lot of good teams uh, in, through college teams and, and NFL teams, and, and he's been with top teams. He's kind of paid his dues he's got a lot of experience and I think this is, he's a good fit for the giants, but then now we've got, you know, this, uh, this, let's talk about this Brian Flores uh, lawsuit, uh, just, just like a, a first initial reaction, you know, what, what, what are our initial reactions here? So, uh, Wes, what do you think? What, what do you think about this Brian Flores, um, lawsuit, you know, and the, the whole coaching thing, as far as, you know, m- more minority coaching, the Rooney rule, things like that. yeah
2: I, I mean i try to tune out you know this whole um yeah the rooney rule he, the the grievances of um floors i i get why he's upset um but airing out everything that he aired out I, you're you're i mean you're accusing people of being hung over at at um you know, at the interview, and and that's why you didn't get the job. Um, and then the, the text messages from Belichick, uh, which was bizarre. I mean, that's, it, I mean, it sucks. I, I get, I get why you're upset. Um, you just lost a job, which you probably shouldn't have lost. You know, and especially in, in in his in his head. Um, and then. But to come out so soon, and and then going and then going back to previous um, interviews and saying that that this is just racially motivated, even you know, there's only one African American coach in the NFL. You get it, but there's also less than 30 teams, or what's 30? There's there's you know. I don't like I don't like saying that. Well, we have percentage wise, and you you know eight percent, twelve percent of the population. You have to have twelve percent of the coaches in the NFL um, African American. Since you have because you have so many African American players, you know, um, I you know I'm sick of hearing of hearing about it on first take and them talking about it all day long, besides talking about the Super Bowl and what a great matchup that we have, so.
0: So do you, do you think Brian Flores, first of all, let's just talk about his losing the job at, at um, Miami, and, and so, you know, you said, you just said, you know, maybe he shouldn't have lost his job. Do you, do you think that he shouldn't have been fired as the as the Miami head coach? Well, I mean,
2: I I think I think he could have given him one more year especially the way they played during the last half of the season you are the dolphins you i mean they've been dysfunctional for years um it seems like players did respond to him uh you know unless unless you really got your guy and in, in you, and in, you know, you have someone that that you particularly want, or someone coming out of college. Like, I mean, just just for instance, Lincoln Riley said, "I want to, you know, I want to coach in the NFL." You know, okay, I get it. You fire him, but um,
0: you know, I, either way, I, know, I mean. Um, I mean, it's so you think about it. Let me just think about Flores for a second, and we'll talk about. I want to talk a little bit more about the lawsuit and the Rooney Rule. But so, I mean, Flores didn't get treated any differently than the last few coaches from Miami, right? Uh, They all had about three years. You know, they all had about similar records. A couple of them went at least went to the playoffs, where Flores didn't. Um, Not saying they're the best coaches, but they had all had similar records. You know, whether it be Gase or you know even back to Soprano and, and all those guys, right. They, they all had that three years. It's kind of like, Hey, you got three years to make this happen. And, uh, and they're kind of disappointed in the way that happens. So, and I, I'm sure he's upset about that, which kind of constitute, or which I think is driving the force of, of this. And, and when you look at Flores in general, he, he doesn't have a, a, a very storied coaching career. He's never been a coordinator. Right. He's only been with the Patriots as a scout and then, you know, as a, you know, doing some other stuff on special teams. I think Miami took a chance on him, to be honest with you, in the first place and, you know, gave him three years and, and not, he didn't do bad. He didn't do great, you know, and, and um, they're looking looking for, for moving forward. So I don't know that it's you can't say it's not justified. I don't know if it's necessarily justified of his firing. But now, I mean, talking about Denver and the Giants and the specific uh, grievance, Derek, you know, how, how do you, what do you, what's your gut reaction and, and what do you think is happening? Well, there?
1: I actually totally disagree with you both. Um, I feel like Flores didn't get a good opportunity there. Uh, he, re- I remember when he got hired, it was basically a, oh, this is the stopgap coach. He's going to come in, they're going to lose a bunch of games. And then they're going to fire him and then they're going to get the coach they want. It's basically the same situation with David Culley, except Flores went out and had winning records the last two years. Um, I don't think Gase ever did what he had to do with the roster that Flores has had. They were, I mean, the, the, the dolphins were trying to get the number one pick, you know, let's, you know, tank for Tua and he, uh Forrest when it let it happen. And that's why he's gone is because he didn't tank and he won games. And that's why Coley's gone because they started winning games. It's it's kind of like you know, they they hired these coaches just to lose, and then they get rid of them. But um, but
0: they got to a though. <laughs> so I mean, tank for two, but they got to it, and then they got Waddle, right? I mean, yeah, you're looking very similar to what Cincinnati did, and now Cincinnati's in the Super Bowl.
1: Right. But um, that's because Burrow and Pace uh, <laughs> are better than Waddle and Tua.
0: But it's still a uh, similar situation.
1: Yes, but I don't think... Um, I feel like with Flores, it's true. It's the, the Rooney rule. Although it's, you know, it, I know what it's meant to do. But it's kind of a sham. Because all the people do is... It's kind of like, you know, through the, the many jobs I've had through my life, you go in and you're working and then there's another like a promotion available. Everybody already knows who's getting the promotion, but they still have to interview a bunch of people. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of what happens in the NFL is just like, look at the Raiders. They interviewed a bunch of people, but then they go and hire Josh McDaniels, um, the giants, everyone knew Dayball ball was going to be the head coach. They talked about that as soon as Sean got hired. And I feel what it is is with Brian Flores is he's just you know he's becoming the token. It's like oh he's the Dennis he's becoming the Dennis Green. It's like oh, we need a black coach to check a box. So let's let's interview Flores because he is young, up and coming. He did pretty well. It'll look good to interview him, and then it's kind of wasting his time <laughs> to do these interviews. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, he's still got he's on the Texans and the uh, Saints. Um, yeah, I think
0: Jags interviewed him too, right? So, I mean, uh,
1: Jags just hired Doug Peterson.
0: Okay, so so he's off that. But Texans. So I guess another question here though is is shouldn't teams be able to target a coach and and say, hey, this is who we want. This fits our scheme. Like this is the person that we think is going to take us in there, regardless of race
1: like, shouldn't that be a thing? Yes, it should be. The only issue is, Mm -hmm. and I understand it's because, and they talk about it in a negative context, The good old boy network. And it's true. Um, It's just the same with all of life. It's Mm -hmm. not what you know, it's who you know. And the problem with a bunch of African-American coaches is they don't know anybody up top. Um, they're not in good with the owners. And it's hard to, I don't know, it's such a complex, complicated thing. How do you, because the other thing is, is there's no African-American owners, but you can't just make a team, sell a team to an African-American. So it's very complex. It's so hard to say. It, and that's the problem. I, I know the Rooney rule was made to give the door open, to go in and like, you know, if there is a team out there that's undecided on a head coach, um, gives them the opportunity to go in and show them, hey, this is, you know, what's going on and, and gives them a chance. But at the same time, it also creates sham interviews where people feel like they're wasting their time. Like going to a Denver interview where they're just like, eh, we're gonna go out drinking the night before and then we'll show up. We don't really care to interview you. And I think that's what it is, is like, he shows up. He's professional, and these people come in late, and they're just there to check a box. Um, so go he ahead. had to go. He had to go scorched earth on everything.
0: That's a legend, right? I mean, there's you're you're just that's his word against their word. That <laughs> you know they timeline the interview. Um, it started on time. He claimed it started an hour late, but they showed evidence it started on time. Um, you know, so and and you you can't speak to their their sobriety and didn't, cause nobody's going to know that, right. You can't really prove that. And, and so there, there's some allegations there that, you know, it, it's alleged, you know, and I get that. And, and, and I'm not, I, I wouldn't argue that I, I think there is a need for <laughs> diversity, diversity in coaching, especially in the NFL. I think it's one of the, it's one of the things that that's why they put the Rooney Rule in place and, and that there needs to be more diversity in the hiring and, and you got to remember that when when this league really started getting popular and really started coming around you know we were still in a time as a country where we still had you know civil rights problems and we still had all these right and that's a hard thing to change um at, in, in any given time we, we still have that in, in all aspects of of our country and our government and, and systematic racism and those are things you can't avoid uh, my problem with brian flores Lawsuit in particular is, is he, he states things that are hard to prove. They're a little bit outside of, of, um, I mean, I mean, coming in and saying, Hey, these guys showed up to the interview drunk. Like, that's just weird to me. Uh, and, and he's also, he's a newer coach and, and here's the thing. Like, I understand he's upset and I just don't know that this is, is the, the right flagship person to do this how many coaches have to go from head coach to back to defensive coordinator or back to offensive coordinator, which he's never done in the first place. But, you know, you, sometimes you have to take a step back. Sometimes you become a coach and then it didn't work out. and Now you go be a defensive coordinator for uh, a, a, a Cowboys or a Patriots or a Falcons or, and then you, you know, get a new job head coaching. So, so how many it, of those
1: guys get fired after having two winning seasons in a row also. Nine and eight's not a winning season,
0: first of all. <laughs> you know, I mean, yes. It is. <laughs> is, it, is it really? Like, wh- what's winning in the NFL, right? Going to the playoffs. And so.
1: So the Bears last year were eight and eight and went to the playoffs. And the Dolphins were nine and seven, didn't go to the playoffs. So the Bears had a more success, successful season because they were in a crappier division and conference
0: regardless, they go to the playoffs, right? I mean that's it's it's the outcome. it's it's not it's not process. So but to come in mm-hmm. and, and, and say, hey, I had two winning seasons, you know when when like I said nine and eights not a great winning season, there's also a lot of um, uh, he made a lot of questionable calls throughout the season, right he, he He went for some fourth downs. he he made some bad you know bad decisions in there. But regardless, Miami, is it was in a position to their upcoming. They made some good draft picks They, you know, they're looking for the future and they wanted somebody to take them in there. And then they don't believe that he he's the person. So that's okay. But to come back out and then and, and his, his number one grievance wasn't even against Miami. Now he's talking about other teams and trying oh, to bring no. that up.
1: Oh no. Miami with pay, having him paying a hundred thousand dollars per loss.
0: Uh, again, a yeah. uh, uh, legend, right? Can't he prove it. Has,
1: I think you don't allege that stuff. You probably have proof. <laughs> you also <would> hope. <laughs> get into the fact you talk about him just you know going in and becoming a coordinator. Adam Gase the last two years at the oh Dolphins, six and ten, seven and nine, bloop, becomes a Jets head coach right after he gets fired, so he can become another <gasps> head coach right away. But Flores. Who had better record than him has to go to a coordinator position.
0: We don't know that he's not going to become a head coach, and probably now that he's filed a lawsuit, he probably won't. Right? If he would have just went through his interview process, maybe he's coaching the Texans like coaching a Jets, right? So that's the same thing, you know. There, you know, he 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 just paved his own road, and and now he's basically he's going to do who himself what Kaepernick did, and he's going to put himself in a position to now be outcast. Right. Does that mean he's not doing the right thing or the wrong thing? That that doesn't matter. I, you know, he, it's just, it's hard to look at his situation, everything coming up to that and say, you know, this is definitely racism against him. You know, there's just not enough evidence. There's not enough things that you can say that
1: right now there's not, there's still a trial. There's still a lawsuit. We don't know all the evidence. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah and and again you don't know that what he's saying is true like i said you're, you're saying you said the same thing He said well he did this this happened All well, we don't know that that happened either so um uh, there, there's a lot that ha- that's going into that the reality is is there <laughs> is there a, an overall problem yeah right um, but i just i don't know that brian flores is is the right person to to be the flagship behind this problem to be honest with you and that's that's my issue with with the Flores lawsuit um, I hope he gets a job somewhere I think he's he's a good coach I think he needs more experience he's only been with one team like I said he's not been in a lot of different positions there but you know he didn't do a bad job Miami he, he didn't finish with an overall winning record either so that that's just the way you look at you know coaching like you're looking for success so that, that's a it's a tough one. And I think it's it's an, an issue that needs to be addressed in general. Um, for more than just the NFL, and and I hope this it, it, they do address this. Um, <coughs> when you look at, say, Todd Bowles, Bryant, Byron Lefwich, they interviewed for just as many jobs, just as many different places. Maybe they speak up, maybe they don't, you know, but, you know, why aren't we hearing from other people as well? Right. They have jobs also. <laughs> well, Brian Flores could easily have been a coordinator somewhere just like them. He could, he, again, he may still be even a head coach. So there, there's, there's a lot, lots to to unpack there. But uh, that, that's a continued conversation. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I hope the, the NFL, I mean, you, you think about this for years, like they've been thinking about this. They've been putting things in place. I, I hope it, it's something that they continue to talk about. And, and this does bring things to light. Um, unfortunately, I, I hope this doesn't kill Brian Flores' career, because I do think he, he has a future in the NFL. Um, but again, it, it's, you're putting yourself between a rock and a hard spot place there. So final thoughts, Wes, any, any final thoughts there? I, yeah, I I think he
2: puts himself in a position where, yeah, he's, he's going to be a coordinator. He's probably not going to get a, um, an opportunity, at least in this next two cycles, probably for, um, consideration. But, um, yeah, he, he, I, I think he should probably just go be a coordinator or just be, you know, put that um, I don't see how anybody is going to want to hire him um, in, in the short term.
0: Yeah, that, again, I, I, we don't know how that's going to play out, but that's kind of tough there. But, yeah. So, Derek, final thoughts?
1: We didn't talk about how stupid the Vikings are. <laughs> you literally had Jim Harbaugh come and right. said, I'm gonna we wanna interview you. No, you hire him. He does not need to interview. Yeah, you yeah. guys are the Minnesota Vikings. Just just hire him. No, no, we, we want to interview you. No, 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 no. No. That's why you guys are the Vikings suck so badly. Because they're they're a dumb franchise that does dumb things. You hire well, Jim.
0: They end up hiring, what, the, the, the Rams offensive coordinator?
1: Yeah. Talk about who, what has he proven? Right. I mean, come on. You're you're an offensive coordinator for the Rams. Who calls the plays? Sean McVay. Right. Jim Harbaugh.
0: Come on. Yeah. I think there's a... As I look at some of these, all these coaching moves this year in particular, <laughs> and, and again, nothing, again, this it relates to Brian Flores, but I think it relates to all of them, is is there is kind of a a lack of, of coaching depth, you know, of, of experience and people are are more willing to take shots on, on people now where I kind of feel like that wasn't the case, you know, years ago with some of the, those coaches that were established for, for many years. But yeah, I agree. Minnesota, I think missed the mark there. I think a lot of people missed the mark. I think Harbaugh is definitely, um, ready to come back to the
1: NFL? Yeah, not now. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. It's like the the Dolphins fire Flores. Have we even heard of them even interviewing anyone?
0: Oh, they've I done some what? interviews. Yeah. Uh, they haven't. They haven't really talked about who they're going to hire. Um, <clears throat> they had. They've interviewed quite a few people, though. Actually,
1: uh, they better. They better hire an African American. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> they're going to be in trouble. Um, yeah, I think. that's that's tough (laughs) Uh, so yeah and and this is I think this is going to be debated for a long time right I mean this is something that I mean you if you watch if you're watching any uh, ESPN or you know any any of these things that this is it's going to get hotter and hotter uh, uh, on this especially what's happening in the world especially recently you know um, this is going to be an issue but uh, especially if like if Miami hires Kellen Moore, like the, the, they're going to burn down Joe Robbie. Isn't Joe Robbie gone? <laughs> well, the stadium. I mean, I think it's a different name now, but that's what I call it.
1: Um, well, I just, here's the thing. And this is another conversation. What if what Flores is saying about the owner of the Dolphins is true? Right. That is going to cause so much chaos. You know, I thought
0: about that. I mean, and here's the hard part I have with that. Like, we all know tanking's a thing, right? Now, paying the tank, I guess, is different. But we know the Browns tanked, and we know the Dolphins tanked, and, you know, the Bengals may have tanked for Burrow. I mean, it, how long have teams been tanking? And is there anything really wrong with tanking? You're not making the playoffs anyway, you know? Uh, well, you're trying to get a better draft pick. Now, when you talk about spending for it and, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's fraud. other factors. But teams have been tanking forever, though, right? I mean, that's that's not a new thing. So to, to like, come out and try to slam that guy for being – he's not the only one to ever tank. Like, you're not the first person to do it. You're not the first guy to thought of that. So that, that one's – the I guess there, there's other things to think about when you talk about, you know, paying for it and, and making it and then holding it against someone if they had a bad season because you wanted them to tank. That's whole different scenarios, right? But there are 20, plenty of teams have tanked over the years to get their, their draft picks. You know, that's that's not an uncommon scenario, right?
1: Yeah, but if you're paying someone to tank and then they don't tank and then they get fired, that's one thing.
0: Yeah, two. I mean, they still got us, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got who they wanted in the end. Uh, but yeah, so th- this is going to be an ongoing thing. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out, you know, and see how some of these the allegations or you know the the um you know because elway now now everybody th- has come out you know elway's come out and giants have come out and you know everybody's now making their statements and so we're gonna we're gonna see what what happens with this and and it's gonna be pretty interesting as this plays out um uh, last last thought on that is is uh is there actual, you know, has there been racism in the NFL, and especially systematic racism as far as hiring coaches and, and advancement of coaches? Absolutely. I mean, I don't think you can argue that, right? Um, so it's it's a it's something the NFL is going to have to deal with, as, as you know for sure, especially with the the way things are going right now. So, all right, well, great, good, good conversation today, guys. Uh, can't wait to talk about Super Bowl next next week. Um, hopefully, uh, it, for those of you finishing off the, the episodes here, uh, we're going to try to get, uh, Dustin, um, on one of his podcasts here, maybe uh, a couple of them talk about, you know, his trip. And then, um, we're going to try to get, uh, big Mike chef, Michael, you guys have seen him on some of the other videos. Um, so, uh, he'll definitely help us dig into the, the racism topic in the NFL. So, uh, Good conversation here, guys. Let's let's wrap it up. And for those who are watching, please subscribe, um, hit that notification so you can see our, our next coming up uh, podcast. And and we'll see you guys next week.